This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by Artbase. Are you managing an art collection or an artist studio or a gallery? Is it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, Artbase is the right software to manage your art business. Artbase allows you to track your artworks and contacts in an easy-to-use, powerful database. Enter your data once, and you can use that data to generate reports, offers, contracts, and so much more. They've got a brand new version out with a whole new look that can be used on the cloud from any location on any device. So what are you waiting for? Go to artbase.com today to learn more and be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. Hope everyone's doing well and staying safe. Well, the data is showing that COVID cases are finally falling, which is excellent news. I think we're seeing that as a result of more people getting the vaccine combined with people who already got COVID possessing the antibodies still. And so what does that mean for the art world? Well, it means it feels like we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that means more galleries and museums will reopen. And there's a greater sense that some of the art fairs scheduled for later this year will actually happen. And of course, one aspect of that is the ability to actually travel to see art, which is something many of us enjoy doing. And unfortunately just haven't had the privilege of doing in over a year now. And it's a shame because right now there's so much great art being made all over the world. One place that I think is especially exciting is Africa, where we're seeing a lot of great artists being shown in African galleries, as well as galleries outside of Africa who are aggressively showing African artists to new audiences. And it feels like, I don't know, this is the next place where really exciting art is being made. And so we wanted to dive deeper into the contemporary African art scene in this week's episode as we chat with Bimpe Konchu, founder and managing principal of W8 Advisory. W8 Advisory is a multifamily office and wealth management practice based in London, focused on high net worth African families, many of whom collect art and are involved in arts patronage on the continent. We talked to Bimpe about several facets of the African art scene. It was a very informative conversation. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and thanks so much for listening. Bempe, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Adam. Happy to be here. Of course, it's our pleasure to have you on. So it seems over the past few years, several African artists, especially younger ones, have really started to receive international recognition and attention. And it doesn't feel like this phenomenon was happening nearly as much in the past as it is today. Why do you think this increased focus is finally happening now? Well, well, yes, it is a recent. I mean, I say recent, and I say the last, say, five to seven years, there's somehow been dedicated attention to modern and African, uh, contemporary African art. I mean, African art in most people's minds uh, previously was just tribal art, masks and that kind of thing. But contemporary African art has um, has come to the fore. And I believe it's really to do with um, more international recognition. I mean, we've seen, I would say, the trajectory really from, you know, I think 2004 when, uh, you know, African art, uh, modern African art made an appearance at Venice at the Biennale had a, a few notable exhibitions in 2006 there was the Africa Remix exhibition in London it was quite a large exhibition of contemporary African work and then suddenly the auction houses have also you know come in and, and taken an interest and, and Bonhams 
the well-known auction house in London actually, you know, actually started a dedicated auction for modern and African art in 2007. And I think collectors started to take notice. Uh, Sotheby's has followed uh, 2017. Their first auction also attracted international collectors. And actually, we started seeing some new faces, um, new artists coming on whose works were starting to actually achieve record um, record record levels. Um, and I would say that's still nothing compared to what European artists achieve, but still, you know, African artists suddenly now has a real seat at the table. And that's, um, I think, this is an international validation, international recognition. And, and international collectors are starting to feel where they want something fresh. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of fresh new ground being broken by African artists. And you're the founder of W8 Advisory, which is a multifamily office and wealth management practice focused on high net worth African families. So from that perspective, how is African art being viewed when thinking about it as an alternative asset and how it fits into your clients' holdings, especially as more African art is appearing at auction, making it more liquid, and also just prices going up? Well, again, yes, African art is... is definitely becoming an art asset class. I mean, I think art has been an asset class, uh, you know, for quite a while now, but African art is also being recognized as, you know, something that you can invest in that would give you, you know, if you choose the right piece, good, strong returns, uh, you can pick the right artist. And also we're finding that there's a large pricing gap between African artists and artists of similar sort of quality from other parts of the world. It's not justifiable, but it just means that it's easier to acquire quality works within a range of, say, twenty-five to $60,000, which, you know, again, and I say this as a caveat of, you know, even though it's highly speculative, if you choose the right work, hold onto it, and you start see that artist starting to get international validation, then, yes, you're going to start seeing strong returns very quickly. To give you an example, um, you know, we mentioned just now that, yes, yeah, some young artists are getting attention. I mean, we've seen artists like the Indideka Akinuli, um, Amoako Bafo, even more recent, whose works have really just rocketed from, you know, three figures to fetching 13, 15 times what they were initially acquired by, for by the original collectors. And that's, again, a, a result of the fact that African art is getting that more attention from international collectors, international art fairs are starting to dedicate, you know, space for African art, art, art um, galleries to show. And we're starting to see more and more art fairs that are actually just dedicated to African art, like 154. So yes, if you're, if you're looking at investing, yes, you can actually see it as an asset class where you can get returns as high as 8%, which is close to what an equity portfolio would if it's doing well. And so that's, you know, something that I think a lot of our um, collectors start looking at. It should be part of their their portfolio. Maybe 2 to 5% of a portfolio could be African art if you're an art lover. Uh, it is speculative still, but, you know, it could make some good returns if you're lucky. It's interesting that you mentioned that when people used to think about African art, they thought about tribal art, and now there's so much focus on contemporary African art. Do you have a lot of clients or some clients who started collecting art because of the increased focus on contemporary African art on the continent? I think it's, it's a combination of both because I, I grew up in Nigeria and I have to say that I grew up, you know, with an awareness of African art that was, was surrounded by, you know, images of artwork, whether it is in ceremonies, whether it's just on people's walls, but without maybe the knowledge that this could be or potentially um, items of high value. 
So Nigerians, I think, are considered to be, you know, one of the biggest collectors of African art um, on the continent. And that's because it's part of our lives. It's always been there. So I've, I have some families who have had, you know, in, important pieces from important artists in their collection because their parents knew the artist, for example, or they, they, they just liked it and saw it and bought it just to really adorn their living room, not thinking of it as an investment. And so there's always been art in our sort of ecosystem in that part of the world. Now, with what's happening, there's a serious art market. Yes, we're seeing some new collectors come in, partly speculative, um, again, because, like I said earlier, African art is still in an asset class that you can acquire at a you know, reasonably low price. And hopefully, if you hold on and it's the right one and the right gallery comes along and it presents an artist, suddenly you'll see you know, major returns. So you're seeing, I would say, the millennials, or not just the millennials, even, you know, the baby boomers, people in their 50s and 60s, really deciding to be intentional about collecting. But it's it's also part of, I would say, our legacy, part of our history. And for a change, it's a good idea that some of this important artwork should and can stay on the continent, um, so that we're not always having to go look at African art in museums or galleries, you know, across the world. I think it's it's a great to be able to feel that some of the art is staying in African hands. Yeah, absolutely. And that really leads me to my next question. When we spoke a few days ago, you mentioned that art patronage is incredibly vital to the African art community, including your clients and their activities. What's the ecosystem like in Africa with museums and other institutions, and how integral is it for private collectors to support the arts there locally? Well, that is um, that's an interesting question, and to be honest, um, there's still quite a gap in, in the ecosystem on the continent. So, like I said, yes, we have more and more art fairs on the continent dedicated to African art. There's, you know, uh, there's art fairs in Cape Town, in Johannesburg, in Lagos, in Dakar. But what is lacking is actually uh, there's is, uh, museums. Uh, we don't really have strong institutions that are, you know support and help the African sort of art ecosystem and that's the reason why a lot of African artists need the validation to come from outside the continent so you know an artist would consider him he's arrived when his work is um, acquired by MoMA or the Tate and unfortunately we don't yet have you know equivalent of established institutions that really you know give a stamp of approval that will change an artist's life however I have to say we are starting to change we have a few new um, institutions have been formed. I mean, there's a privately owned museum in um, South Africa, Zeitmoka. There's also one in Lagos, the Shillong Museum, but they're privately owned. And it's great that, you know, private individuals have decided to actually endow or contribute part of their wealth to actually creating spaces where the community can enjoy the art and hopefully also help support uh, the work of artists. But there's a lot of work to be done in the area of having institutions really and governments support um, the art ecosystem and support artists. So we're seeing a lot more is doing being done by private individuals. I mean, it's a good start, but that's uh, you know still not good enough. Right, and maybe another part of this equation is the role that successful African artists are playing to help develop the African art ecosystem. And from an outsider's perspective, it seems that some of these established successful artists are giving back in different ways to ensure that younger artists in Africa can develop their practices and careers. Can you elaborate on how that's happening and maybe share some examples with us? Yes, definitely. Yes, we're seeing that more and more. Um, I mean, one example that I can really share is the work of Yinka Shonibari, who is a 
British-born Nigerian artist, well-known, globally acclaimed. And he decided about three years ago that he'd like to give back because he recognized that he he had the opportunity to actually grow as an artist and develop his career when he moved into the UK. Now, there are many artists on the continent that, you know, don't have the opportunity and really shouldn't have to move um, from where they live to be able to um, to excel. So he decided to set up a foundation. Uh, so the Inkashani Bari Foundation is a registered charity in the UK. I'm actually a member. I'm on the board of that. And it's a fundraising institution. The whole idea is to fundraise for um, an artist residency that Inka is actually building in Lagos, which will be managed by another um, sister foundation called Guest, Guest Artist Space in Nigeria, also a, a not-for-profit. And the whole idea is we fundraise in the UK, and we you know, put this building together and welcome both um, artists on the continent, but also international artists, so that there can be some cross-pollination and you know, sharing of ideas and, and, and culture in that space. So Yinkai has been doing that, although COVID has delayed the building opening, which should have opened this year. But we've been able to do quite a bit of work online. So there's been uh, the first GAS, which is a guest artist space, digital uh, residency program, which took past took place last year and we were able to host over 40 artists and we had you know we had um, online June rooms and we had visits from about 6,000 people so that's been I think very very satisfying to know that um, you know a well-known artist is willing to put as much as possible of his resources behind an initiative like that that will help and support and maybe generate the next um, Yika Shonibare. <laughs> yeah the artist giving back it really is special we haven't really touched yet on the gallery scene in Africa. Is it developing alongside with the increased attention that contemporary African art is garnering? Yes, it absolutely is. I think that's been um, an interesting and really, really gratifying part of the scene that we're starting to see um, serious galleries, not just you know pop up in one part of the, the, the art continent, but across. So we, you know, we've got galleries in Cape Town, in Joburg, in Marrakesh, in Lagos, in Dakar, in, in Ethiopia. Uh, and really, if you're an art lover of, of uh, contemporary African art and you were to land in any of these parts of the continent, you could easily, um, you know, you'd find in Lagos, you'd find at least two or three very serious um, galleries and probably another dozen that are, you know, up and coming. And similarly, in other parts of the continent. And the good thing is it means that the artists, like I said, don't necessarily have to leave the continent. They can actually start off showing their work and being mentored or being supported by local galleries. And of course, those galleries themselves tend to take the works abroad to um, art fairs and so that they can actually show the artists in different parts of the world. And there's generating that international attention. Uh, and similarly, now with um, COVID and life becoming very much online, many of these galleries have their viewing rooms online and you find that a collector in Singapore or a collector in New York can easily you know, see and appreciate and acquire works out of a gallery in Lagos or, or, or Accra in Ghana just because of you know, the fantastic world of technology that we're all having to deploy now. So yes, there's a, there's a thriving, thriving gallery scene across the continent. And on a somewhat related note, it seems like there is a significant amount of interest from Western galleries to show African contemporary artists to their audiences and their geographies. I mean, I've heard some stories. It seems like they're quite proactive about traveling to Africa, finding artists, visiting the artists really earlier in their career than they had in the past. Is that something you're seeing on your end as well? 
yes, that's it's becoming possible. I mean, thankfully, you know, the world is uh, gotten, gotten smaller with the fact that air travel is easier. Um, and so, yes, that's, you know, before COVID, there was a lot of visiting and, and crossing the continent. And, you know, the one thing's happened also is that the um, many of the notable museums now have um, acquisition, acquisition committees where they, they actually welcome collectors to advise the museum to, to with, you know, about what is out there to share their own experience. So you have the African Art you know, Committee of the Tate, you've got the one uh, for the Pompidou of, on which I'm a member actually, and which again, you're not actually curating for the museum, but you're just you know, sharing your network, sharing your knowledge of what's on the ground. And, and I think people realize that Africa is a huge continent of 54 countries. Uh, with over a billion people. So if if any of the galleries or museums want to actually acquire art, sometimes they need a bit of local local help and local content and, and knowledge. And that's you know where the committees come in. So that's that's changing that's changing things a lot. Um but I think also the fact that again African art is is on the world stage. I mean we had the first uh a real serious I would say um you know presence of African art at the Biennale Venice Biennale in two thousand and fifteen. When the late curator um, Okuya Windsor uh, was a curator for the Viennese Biennale, and he decided to really, really make African art center stage, I think that made a lot of collectors, I mean, galleries, yeah, international galleries, sit up. And yes, sometimes you have to fly, you know, across to, you know, to the continent to find that exciting new artist, and that's happening a lot more. Bimpe, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast and chatting with us about the changing contemporary African art scene. It's really exciting to see so many artists working there and receiving international acclaim. If our listeners want to connect with you or learn more about W8, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Well, W8 Advisory is based in London. We have a website. I think I'd, I'd rather use the generic email address, which is info at W8 Advisory, but it, it, it ends up in my inbox anyway. So I'd be happy to answer more questions, definitely. Great. Thanks so much again, Bimpe. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. That was interesting. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks so much to Artbase for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. Are you managing an art collection, an artist studio, or gallery? Is it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, Artbase is the right software to manage your art business. Artbase lets you track your artworks and contacts in an easy-to-use, powerful database. Enter your data just once and use that data to generate reports, offers, contracts, and much more. They've got a brand new version out with a whole new look that can be used on the cloud from any location on any device. So what are you waiting for? Go to artbase.com, that's A-R-T-B-A-S-E.com to learn more, and be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount.